Good evening, everyone. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and I'll be hosting a special live broadcast tonight on 760 WJR. We're going to be talking about the prevention of disease and the urgency of taking action before the onset of serious medical problems. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, is here tonight to talk about how to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether and what you need to do to prevent Alzheimer's and many other chronic diseases. If you have a question, we're opening up the lines and taking your calls, so please make a note of this number, 800-859-0957. We'll be repeating it throughout the show, and this is your chance to talk directly to the doctor. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. You're listening to 760 WJR. Again, I'd like to welcome all of you to a special medical show here on 760 WJR. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here tonight to talk to you about prevention and why you have to start looking at healthcare from a different perspective. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, is joining us from Birmingham, Michigan, to give us some hard talk about dealing with our health and making sure we get the necessary testing. We're inviting you to call in if you have a question at 800 859 Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, welcome again to your live broadcast. What's the update now on uh, what were we saying, vaccines? Well, I thought we should talk about vaccines today because I had one of my patients come in who wanted to ask questions about um, what vaccine she should get, whether it's, um, you know, which one because of the new boosters and Omicron and all that. And... You know, interestingly, she prefaced the whole conversation with, you know, I hate the FDA. I don't like taking pharmaceutical products, all that. And then into, you know, I'm fully boosted. Which one should I get next? Which I thought was like a contradictory. Yeah. What is fully boosted and why should there be a next? Well, you know, if you're anti, you know, if you're skeptical of the FDA, why are you getting a vaccine anyway? You know, because it's the same concerns that you have about the FDA and distrust apply to the vaccine as well, more so, I think, because um, all of the issues to me are amplified by COVID, not, you know, not just status quo, but it's, they're all been amplified. So after I had to talk to her, I thought, okay, we have to have a show about the new strain of vaccines coming out because this is what people, this is what I'm being asked now is which vaccine should I get? So I thought we should start by talking about um, natural immunity, which is really important because, you know, previously we were saying that prior exposure to, to various strains of COVID did not give immunity to the Omicron, you know, especially BA4, BA5 versions. And even immunity in prior exposure to uh, BA4 and BA5 didn't give you immunity that you can get COVID again. But now that more data is coming out, it's turning out that that's not true, that prior immunity, prior exposure to COVID of any kind gives you immunity to the current Omicron. So there is natural immunity with Omicron BA4, BA5, which is important to know. Um, and since it's so active, it's so contagious, um, it's so... Um, you know, it, it's just, it's endemic in the society. Most of us have been probably exposed to Omicron, whether you've been symptomatic or not, and have some degree of immunity. So that begs the question, do we need a vaccine against something 95% of us may have been exposed to? 
And there's no question that 95% of us have been exposed to COVID, period, in one form or the other, and that establishes a, a strong degree of natural immunity. And, of course, that's never brought up in recommendations by anybody. There's no conversation about natural immunity. So we'll start our vaccine conversation today with we probably are all immune, and we've we now we know that we have some degree of immunity to the current strains that are out there. I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, I feel as though you're absolutely right about the fact that so many people are wandering around and we don't know if we've been exposed to it, if we got it and ignored it. I've talked to so many people that have had a bad day or felt as though they had the flu and who knows what they had because they didn't go and get tested. And I've also known a lot of people who did get tested and were surprised to find out that they tested positive. You know, well, I look at it just as being endemic to the population now. It's just out here. It's a virus, and we all get it, and it's nobody wants to be sick for three, four days, and it might be a little more severe than the flu, but it, it, even though there are COVID deaths reported, you know, I don't still don't know if that means it's death from COVID or death with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that hospitals are now beginning to not screen everybody who walks in the door that's mm-hmm. happening which is good that should drop you know covid death data points because if they're not screening everybody who walks in but i you know i imagine if you're critically ill they're going to screen you for covid no matter what so um those are good things you know that you know that that the disease strain is less virulent um, but it is more contagious and that we all have some degree of natural immunity. Those are all good things. Um, then the question comes up again is, all right, there's multiple versions of vaccines coming out. Um, How's the person to know? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today um, because you don't know. Um, so Pfizer and Moderna each have a version of the vaccine, and these are bivalent vaccines, meaning they they have part of the original vaccine plus a part that, uh, provide some immunity against BA4 and BA5. They each have one. And Moderna also, and they also have one that just says BA1. So that's what's happening in England. In England, they're giving this, you know, the bivalent with BA1, which makes no sense at all because there's no more BA1. It's mm-hmm. gone. So the NHS in all its wisdom is going to vaccinate the English population with versions of a vaccine to a virus that no longer exists. So that's what the English people have to look forward to. Um, And in America, we've got bivalent Omicron, Pfizer, and Moderna, and then Novavax. So next segment, we'll talk a lot more about what those virus, what those vaccines have in them, what they are. And of course, we're always open to phone calls. And who should get them? Okay, right now we've got to take a short break. You are listening to our weekly live medical radio show where we keep you up to date on all medical solutions from dealing with COVID to avoiding catastrophic disease. We're here with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, talking about prevention. If you have a specific question and you would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you ought to do to prevent or reverse disease, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live weekly medical show on 760 WJR. We're back again with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, 
internal medicine physician in Birmingham, Michigan. As a recognized leader in the field of catastrophic disease prevention, including heart attack, stroke, diabetes, and many chronic conditions, he's here tonight to give us some hard advice on what we need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether. Through advanced and more sophisticated diagnostic technology, we are now able to arrest and reverse the progress of these silent killers. We're inviting listeners to call in with your questions at 800 8590957. Welcome back listeners and before we get into more information about the vaccines and covid, Ashley, you have a caller? Yes, we have Greg calling from Shelby. Greg, what's your question? Hey, good evening beautiful people, Mr. Positive. Got to ask you twofold, Dr. Collender and the All-Star crew. Number 1, with confidence, do you think that these vaccines won't cause cancer? Number 1, number 2, what is the difference between an mRNA shot and the vaccine? Hopefully it's a great segue for uh, tonight's uh, show. Well, thanks. Um, unfortunately, with the new YouTube rules, we're not going to comment on, I want to say, adverse events that are not documented from the vaccine because we do want to stay online. But I, I, would, I, I truthfully don't think that there is enough information to say that. Um, but that, again... We've not been given the information because the FDA uh, decides to bury the data on results of the vaccine for 75 years. So even though they've been court-ordered to release the data, they really aren't releasing the data as court-ordered. So we just don't have the information to answer that question. Um, you know, and I'm going to move the show along just because I've yeah. got a I've got an agenda a little bit. So I'm going to defer your last question. Maybe I'll answer it in what we're talking about. So um, before I move too far along, I do want to credit Dr. John Campbell, who has a YouTube st- show that I watch and get a lot of my vaccine information from. So a lot of what I'm talking about is coming from his research and what he puts on on the air, which unfortunately is also blunted because of the YouTube YouTube. Um, COVID misinformation rules that have been put in place. And we'll say that in quotations. So Pfizer and Moderna put out their bivalent vaccines, meaning it's some of the original vaccine plus a Omicron BA4, BA5 variant in there. And and it's already been approved for emergency use authorization. The government, meaning President Biden, has already bought 170 million doses. So here's a new vaccine. You know, we don't know much about it. There's not much about it online that you can learn. And it turns out that the research for the emergency use authorization was based on animal studies alone. So literally, the vaccine was given to eight mice and Within these mice, they showed an increase in antibody response from the vaccine, and that was enough for the FDA to approve this drug to humans on an emergency use authorization. Mm-hmm. There's no human studies on it. The human studies will start after these vaccines go into the population. So many questions out there, but, you know, I have to refer back to you as a specialist, as a doctor, as an internal medicine board certified doctor. You have a big practice. What are, you, are your patients coming in? I mean, we really need to rely on 
we, you know, we can't rely on the FDA to, you know, impart the information that's, you know, hot off the line. We have to rely on our doctor. How else are we going to find out whether we should get it? And my question to you is, should older people be getting this new vaccine? Should ones with pre-existing conditions be getting it? And should they not all be going back to their doctor, their PCP, to find out if they should get this vaccine? Well, I want to be fair that there are some things that I do in my office. When I mean things, I'm going to say treatments that I offer that don't have much more than animal studies behind them. But I tell my patient that, you know, we're going to do a procedure here. It's an injection. It's experimental. The, 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 the process of making this product is oversighted by the FDA, but there's no studies in humans to support using this, but I still use it and I'm happy with the results that I get. So I continue. Can I tell my anybody in my practice with confidence to go get a vaccine that has no human data that's been approved by the FDA based on eight mice, not nine mice, not seven mice, but eight mice. And that's the basis for the FDA, our governing body that's there to protect us from misinformation, from, you know, uh, snake oil salesmen, from, you know, from unsafe drug manufacturers. And this is what we're getting from that organization from which the whole world makes a lot of their decisions. So the government has, in their wisdom, bought 170 million doses of these vaccines for us based on the antibody response to mice. I guess it's one for every Democrat. Oh, that was well said. <laughs> but anyway, let's not go down that road right now. Let's, uh, uh, you know, I, I do want to come back and ask you who should get the vaccine and uh, whether or not we're really overreacting from the beginning when we started out on the COVID journey and people were really afraid of going to the hospital, being intubated and not surviving, but the, well, but people are surviving this the, this variant. How do you recommend a vaccine that has no human studies? You know, and it's not well publicized. I mean, it's in the internet if you look. And I'm following somebody who, you know, provides this information. But even he says, look, I can't find this. You know, mm -hmm. I can't. I know this is true, and here it is. It's actually on the FDA website. I mm -hmm. should I should be clear. It's it's he he quotes it off the FDA website. Who knows? It might be gone tomorrow. Right. But that's a choice that they made. So um, how do you recommend um, a vaccine that has never been studied in a human? I can't. And like you said, in my clinical experience, um, the current strains of COVID do not cause a severe illness that, re that, right. I, that requires hospitalization. We've been able to treat everybody at home. Um, no, I do not prescribe Paclovid because it's the same concept. This was a drug that's put out with, you know, in my opinion, minimal testing, not enough safety studies, and um, and it's well known that Paclovid causes rebound COVID. Mm. So if I'm going to tell you, you know, Anne-Marie, you're my patient, and I'm going to prescribe you this drug for this virus that you have, the virus is probably going to go away on its own in one to three or four days. And even if it doesn't, I can support you. But I'm going to give you a drug that might make it go away faster. It might give you a really foul taste in your mouth that takes a while to go away. And it might cause you to get COVID again. 
then it's not worth the risk, obviously. Well, who's going to take that drug if you explain it that way? I mean, even the president had rebound COVID, and it's just, well, this is what happens. Mm -hmm. Well, why does this drug exist when it causes the condition that it's made to prevent or treat? There's no common sense here at all. So it's really hard for me to recommend anything going on right now, especially when the current strains are just not that serious. And, you know, what's, where's the emergency to have an emergency use authorization? Right, exactly. And obviously this particular strain is certainly not as dangerous as the original strain that was out there, but still people feel very unsure. Well, unless we're really worried about mice and we need this <laughs> vaccine to protect the mice. Well, in any event, I, I come back to the same thing that I've said all along is that people really need to rely on their doctor's advice. In your case, you're very responsible and you are, you know, obviously shepherding your all of your patients through the process. But for the common listener, for the people out there, they just don't know. They're kind of lost. There's a new vaccine out. Should I be getting it? Should I not be getting it? it there's just a lot of confusion and they're they're just basically, as I've said all along, most of them are absolutely lost. And we do have other callers, but we'll take them when we come back on the other side of the break. Again, you're listening to a special live medical broadcast on the prevention and medical management of disease. If you have a specific question and you would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you ought to do to avoid heart attack and stroke, or you have a question on any of the subjects we're discussing tonight, please give us a call at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live medical broadcast on News Talk 760 WJR. We are fortunate to have Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention. He's here tonight to give us some straight talk about two important topics, prevention and being proactive. Please tune in to our weekly shows Sunday afternoon at 3 and live Thursday at 7. We're inviting you to call in with your questions and talk to the doctor directly at 800-859-0957. I'm coming back to you, Ashley, because you have callers. Yes, we have David calling from Windsor. David, what's your question? Yes, good good evening, guests. I wanted to ask a couple things that are related to the vaccines. First of all, shouldn't, shouldn't your doctor have a look at you at look at you and test you look check you out to see if you have and if you are in need of a vaccine the next thing that comes to mind in regards to that is that many times we hear about these vaccines and so many people getting sick after they've received so many of them and dying and what about therapeutics in regards to that regardless of the uh a a5 or VA5 or whatever you want to call it and everything else in regards to all that in terms of therapeutics because you've got to when it comes to Omicron or whatever you want to call that shouldn't your nose and your nasal passages be allowed to drain out all that excess fluid that it has before it creates even further problems all right David let, let, let's let's let the doctor answer go ahead doctor well Collider. thanks for calling David um you know, these days, the question of whether you do or don't get vaccinated should definitely be left up to the doctor and patient. There should be a conversation that's done in a, you know, HIPAA-enforced room 
where there's freedom to make the, a medical decision for yourself. And I think that applies to a lot of things and we'll not go into that, but um, that should be a doctor patient decision. And in my opinion, should not be mandated, uh, which it's been. So I don't think these new vaccines have been mandated, but maybe they, that are going to be, I don't know. Um, as far as, you know, prevention, um, protecting your nasal passages, you know, this is why we recommend using, you know, like an iodine solution. Um, you can use colloidal silver nasal sprays to help kill the virus and do a spray daily as a preventive method. It's not 100%, but um, diluted uh, diluted provodone iodine and, and that may help. Um, I'm not against masks either. You know, should we mandate masks? No, it's a personal decision. If you want to wear a mask to keep yourself from getting covid I mean, I wear masks in the office more than ever, which is new for me. Now, I don't wear it every day or every patient, but if someone comes in who's sick, all right, now I put a mask on. That's my adaptation to COVID. But I thought the, the mask was to prevent you from giving it. Well, not to me. It's, you know, it's, well, I shouldn't be saying this on the air because I think the state still mandates that all medical offices wear masks every time. So, yeah, we wear a mask all the time in our office. <laughs> all right. Well, let's come back to Ashley and more callers. Go ahead, Ashley. Yes, we have Paul calling from Commerce. Paul, what's your question? On oh, your ads that uh, um, uh, lady does for you, she says that it's uh, in your profile. I haven't the slightest idea what she's talking about. What is my profile? Well, thanks for for, explaining what profile is. Good question. I will. Thanks, Paul. So when we're referring to the profile, that is a collection of imaging and inflammatory blood markers that gauge our risk of having cardiovascular events. So, you know, we're not now we're taking off our COVID hat and putting on our prevention hat. Um, the pro, that's what the profile means is disease identification, measuring the status of your inflammatory, um, you know, what's happening with your arteries in terms of inflammatory injury and finding all of the drivers of disease that affect artery health. And so that's my day job is, um, uh, making sure that we're preventing heart attacks and strokes among patients in my practice, um, and we, you know, we call it know your profile, and that means measuring your artery wall thickness, the layers of your artery wall with a test called a CIMT, carotid intimal media thickness test, and blood work that measures artery health and looking for other diseases that cause chronic illness like sleep apnea, insulin resistance, oral health, genetics, um, gut health. All these different things impact our long-term, um, you know, how we live and how we are optimally living our lives over the long haul. And risk for getting cardiac disease, obviously, because once again, as I always mention on every show, 700,000 people dropped dead last year, according to the CDC, of heart attack. And we now have the, uh, we have the tools, we have the tests, we have the technology in this country to prevent it. And that's basically what Dr. Collender is explaining to you about what your profile is. That you, It's incumbent upon all the listeners, the patients out there, the everyday man and woman to, you know, really stop and say, am I being screened enough? Am I being tested enough? Am I getting 
the right types of tests. You go to see your doctor every year and they draw blood and they may take a, you know, an EKG and do whatever other tests and exams they do. But you're not getting to see your profile, really. You're not really getting to look at where do I stand? What is my risk factor? And this, I think, differentiates the type of uh, preventative prevention practice that Dr. Collender has. And also with uh, concierge medicine, he has more time to stay with the patient and to indulge in this these very highly technical tests, which I believe that we're all entitled to. And I think that we everybody who's listening should get the CIMT, regardless of whether insurance is paying for it or not. They're inexpensive tests, but they are life-saving tests. And after that speech, Dr. Collender, do we have any more to say about prevention or to fill in on screening? Well, we always have something to say about prevention. I mean, that's what we do all the time. Right. And so... Um, you know, it's even though the listeners hearing that may say, well, my doctor's doing these things. Unfortunately, they're not. And the standard lab panel that you get, most of you get the same thing, um, is your gateway to quote unquote prevention, which uh, falls short because 750,000 deaths a year from heart attack, there's a million and a half deaths per year between heart attack and stroke, or at least events total. Right. Um, these are not numbers that are going down. No, they're you going know, up every year. They're right. going up every year. Um, you know, there's a huge increase globally on cardiovascular death. And, you know, when I think of all of these diseases being preventable, all these events are preventable. It's just a huge shame. And, you know, what's behind it is these are tests, meaning what all of you get, not what I do, but what all of you get are tests designed to have you prescribe drugs mm -hmm. or tests designed to lead you to the operating room. And none of this, and that's looked at as prevention. And so, and even this method of prevention is failing because we're still having so many deaths and um, which eventually lead to chronic illness so for the survivors. Well, one of the other things that I think people need to pay attention to is you go into your doctor and they send a phlebotomist and say, we're going, we're going to do a blood draw. But what does that blood draw mean? It's a severely inadequate blood draw. And what you're talking about when you're talking about screening and you're talking about labs, you're talking about a highly complicated examination of your blood. And that's talk a little bit about differentiating that. Well, the approach to prevention is completely different. It's not a, you know, what's happening today? I'm sick today. Your arm hurts. Let's fix it. You got a cold. Prevention is a long-term look. It's, it's looking ahead 10, 15, 20 years, finding conditions that aren't an issue today but will be in 20 years. Right. And we can find those and address them today so they're not an issue for you ever. And that's prevention. And so, unfortunately... We just don't have that mindset in this country. You've got to find people that do. Yes, and every patient has to be their own advocate and make sure that they are getting the proper screening and the proper testing. Okay, right now we're going to have to take a quick break. You are listening to a special live broadcast tonight where the topic is your health and what you have to do to prevent disease. When we come back, if you have a specific question on the subjects we're discussing this evening and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly, please call us at 800 859 0957. 
Again, that number is 800-859-0957. You're listening to 760 WJR. Welcome back to the final segment of our special weekly live broadcast here on 760 WJR on the importance of being proactive and informed of the resources available to prevent and treat the chronic and debilitating diseases. You're listening to the expert advice of Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and one of the very few specialists in prevention in this country. If you have a question for the doctor, now is your chance to call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. I'm going to come back to you, Ashley. You have a caller? Yes, we have Norm calling from Milford. Norm, what's your question? Yeah, good evening. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we're hearing you. Go ahead. Okay, great. Yes, thank you. Uh, First-time caller, I caught part of the uh, program last Thursday, and you talked about that CMIT test and being more proactive. I'm not familiar with that term, and I I heard it described just a few moments ago, but my my first question is this. Um, I did get a test. I I called it a calcium score probably three years ago, and I wonder if that's similar to CIMT or if that's something altogether different. So I wanted to get the doctor's um, remarks on that. Sure. And then a follow-up question. Yeah, just a quick follow-up question. I'll ask, ask both, and then I'll stand by and listen. Uh, my primary care physician recently retired, and I, I'm more interested in what you're talking about in your program, you know, getting more proactive and thinking long-term. So I wondered if you had any recommendations for, you know, someone looking for a primary care like myself, because I I have to pick a new one. So, uh, yeah, if you could answer those two questions, I would appreciate it. Thank you. Well, I have a question for you. What was your calcium score result? So I believe it was 69. Um, And what did your doctor do about that? Um. Mostly talked about, you know, eating differently. Um, They did also want to do statins. I wasn't real comfortable with that at the time. Um, So I've tried more, you know, I'll call it nutritional eating, being a better eater. Not sure how successful I've been, but I'm continuing to go down that path. The, uh, all the arteries were clear except one. And the one that got the score of the 69, of course, was the, uh, you know, the Widowmaker. Um, but I've gone in for like EKGs, I think one since then there's been blood tests, nothing profound, you know, nothing that would make me think, you know, we've got, uh, real good eyes on this and understand it completely. So when I heard you talking, it just, it sounded very interesting to me. Well, a calcium score is a good test to get if you can't get a CIMT because the beginning of prevention is disease identification. And a calcium score is a great way to identify disease. And so you know now that you have plaque. You have coronary artery disease, whether you want to hear that or not, because they found plaque in your coronary arteries. So um, in addition to optimizing lifestyle, which is what you're trying to do, starting a statin is the right decision. And you should do that because statins reduce artery inflammation. So you know that you have plaque. You have no idea if you're inflamed or not, if you're making it more or not. So until you know more about what you're doing, a statin is like a great backup. 
to making sure that your arteries are quiet um, while you go on this journey of figuring out why do you have plaque, what's causing it, and what conditions do you have, other conditions you have that you don't know about that may contribute to plaque. Um, as far as a referral, you know, we're not really promoting other doctors on the show, of course. So Anne-Marie will throw my number out if you want. You can start there. And um, we have uh, myself and a few other doctors in our office. Right. And that is 866-COLANDER. If you want to call Dr. Colander directly, it's 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. I mean, it's interesting how so many patients out there, you know, they get to step one, which is taking the CT cardiac calcium scoring test. They get a score. And then what happens after that? Well, his doctor tried to prescribe a statin. But again, when you have only a few minutes to talk about the results, you can't explain it in a way that's um, conducive to compliance. Well, when I want a drug, you know, what can I do without a medicine? And even though I agree that I don't want to take a pill either, I take a statin um, because I have plaque. And so, you know, that's, you know, I'm trying to optimize my lifestyle um, and then I'm taking a statin for backup. And hopefully one day I'll be able to stop it and my lifestyle will hold down the fort. But until that happens, you know, I'm doing all the things that I tell my patients to do. Well, even with a score of 69, which is not terribly bad. I mean, a, a, a positive score is not good, obviously. But, you know, I, we've had callers that have called in in the hundreds. And we had one caller 2, call in at 2,500. Horrifying. But, I mean, uh, so just so that we understand and the listeners understand is that if they do have a positive score, albeit a, 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 an under 100 score, should they all be then put on statins? In my opinion, yes. Mm-hmm. So a lot of doctors will have a threshold and maybe they'll say over 100, I'll prescribe a statin. Well, prevention is acting on the information you have right then and there. And most doctors still are, you know, they're thinking about risk of having an event and somebody with a lower numbers, you know, has a lower risk of, you know, dying from a heart attack in 10 years. Well, what about beyond that? Mm-hmm. And so you still just don't have enough information. I'm pretty aggressive with anybody who has any degree of plaque because that's my job. Right. You know, you're, you're, I'm telling you, I'm going to stop you from having a heart attack or stroke. The sooner you come in and the cleaner your arteries are, well, that's where you're starting. Mm-hmm. We're going to get better from there. So it's not about how much can I get away with and how am I going to stop it before a serious outcome occurs like Mm -hmm. death or heart attack or stroke that leaves you disabled. We're aggressive on day one or wherever you are. And wherever you are when you walk in and get identified and measured and have your markers taken, you can get better from there. So if you're alive, then you can improve. And I, I even have... 80-year-olds walking in for the first time. Well, some people go, I'm 80. What does that mean? Well, it means you're alive. Right. And we can make you better than you tomorrow than you are today. Right. Just you've got to learn what you've got to do and do it. And so coming back to our last caller, Norm, who asked the question about the CIMT, which he had heard about but did not yet get, would you, to a patient like him, would you recommend having since he has a positive score in the CT calcium score to get the CIMT, and what difference would that make? Well, absolutely, and the reason is a calcium score is not good at monitoring progress. 
So he would not go. Now, his doctor might order another CIMT in a year and say, hey, let's see what's happened. That's the wrong thing to do. Or another CT scan. Or sorry, another, another C- yeah, CT, CT scan. Uh-huh. Sorry. But a CIMT, the CIMT ultrasound, gives you the data points that you can measure year to year to follow your progress. So changes in your CT calcium score don't, don't quantify with risk changes. It just it's a it, to me it's a one time thing. You have plaque or you don't. To start the the process of prevention. If your calcium score is zero, and your CT your CIMT is normal, all right, then we repeat it all in a few years. Right, we follow up. But we still look for the drivers of artery disease because I have patients who have all kinds of problems and they have no plaque. Right. We still want to prevent dementia and Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and cancer. Right, exactly. So it's all it's all very important. But again, incumbent on the listener and the patient to make sure that they get these tests to make note of CIMT and the other testing and screening that you do in the practice of prevention. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, so I'd quickly like to thank Dr. Brian Collender, MD, specialist in prevention for being here tonight and for being willing to share his expertise and knowledge with regards to not only the prevention of disease, but also on the importance of being proactive and engaging with a practice that provides access to the necessary testing. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we hope you got some useful information tonight on how to be your own advocate and take charge of your health, whatever your medical journey. Please continue to tune in to our shows Sunday afternoon at 3, Thursday evening at 7 p.m. for the latest medical updates. And thanks for listening to 760 WJR. Good night.